Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. And proximity. Proximity. You needed to hear that word with an Indian accent. <laughs> okay. Everybody, everybody say proximity. proximity. No, that's American accent. You need to say it with an Indian accent. You need to sink that in. You know, get it sunken in. That's when you only when you speak Indian accent, it sinks into your spirit. Because in heaven, we're going to speak Malayalam. That's my mother tongue. You know. Because that's, you need all eternity to learn that language. <laughs> so, we need to say proximity in Malayalam accent. Okay, one, two, three. Proximity. One more time. Say after me, proximity. proximity. Ah, that's better. <laughs> Pastor Matt, your church is ready to come to India now. <clears throat> God created you for proximity. When God first created Adam... And then Eve. And placed them in the garden. God came to them. Every day God spoke to them. I don't know which language they spoke. I would like to think it was Malayalam. But I don't know what language it was. But whatever language it was. It was the most powerful, unlimited language. Today every language is limited. You know, I could speak about four languages. Because in India we have 1,652 different dialects. Spoken within India. When God split the languages in the Tower of Babel, most people came to India. That's, that's not in the Bible. It's just my theory. So, to survive in India, you need, you need to speak more than one language. So, the advantage of being multilingual is because when you are speaking to somebody, almost everybody is multilingual. When you're speaking to somebody and you get stuck, you switch to the next language, you, start, you, you get stuck for some words, you switch to other languages, language because some things are better expressed in you know, other languages. Every language is limited. But at that time, before God confused the language, God and man spoke one language and it, they could express everything they wanted. And scientists say even the best brains only function less than 10% now. I don't believe God created human brain to function less than 10%. I believe it shrunk after sin. You know, because, thank God for that. Because otherwise, God knows what we would have, what damage we would have caused with that 100% functioning brain, with a perverted, fallen nature. You know, and, 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 so, what I'm trying to say is, man and God, they were naked but not ashamed. I want you to imagine, there was no shame there was complete transparency. Their brains, I believe, were functioning 100%. And before sin, the pure thoughts that were coming to their mind, they communicated with God. Between God and this most powerful, uh, unlimited language. Can you imagine the level of intimacy that was there between man and God at that time? But when sin came, as soon as man... Man and woman, or woman and man, they disobeyed man, they disobeyed God. 
that was the beginning of proximity being lost. As soon as sin came, shame came. They were ashamed. They made clothes for themselves. They covered up. The cover up began to happen. They were hiding from God. Until that day, whenever God came, they would run to God. But when sin came, when man fell into sin, instead of running to God, they were running away from God. They were getting far from God. And God, in His mercy, came down and, 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 and had that conversation. You're all, you know the story. And God put them out of the garden. Can you see how we lost proximity? Sin came in between man and God. And proximity was gone. And then for a man to talk to God, you needed a priest. In the Old Testament, that was a system that God made. For God to talk to man, God, they needed a prophet. Only through selected people, they could approach God. A common man did not have access to the presence of God. Even in the Jewish um, system, we know only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. And even that with a rope tied around him, in case there was any sin in him, he would fall dead. There was fear. There was distance between man and God. Fast forward, in the fullness of time, God decided to come down from heaven to earth. He was born, Jesus was born into this world. He was born without sin. When he was being born, the angel came and spoke to Mary. And you know, that what amazes me and excites me is that you will name him, you will call him Emmanuel. That means God with us. Isn't that amazing? Since Adam and Eve fell into sin, God was not connected to man. Common man could not connect to God. Now with the coming of Jesus, all of a sudden saying, now God is with man. In the Old Testament, God would God told them, still the desire of God, that shows the desire of God. Build a tabernacle for me and I will dwell in the midst of you. God was with man in a, you know, in a, in a general way, in, in the temple, but not in a way that everybody could connect with him at an intimate level like Adam and Eve. Amen. But when Jesus came, God came down because the, he wanted to restore what was lost because of sin. What was lost in the garden, God wanted to restore. God want, because God created us for relationship with him. God created us for intimacy with him. God created man and woman, Adam and Eve, and kept them in this planet to rule this world, to be the rulers of this, of this planet. You know, he told them, take dominion, rule over the fish of the sea. Every living creature, the birds in the air, I'm giving you everything. Take dominion. Be fruitful and fill the earth. So, man, God gave man the authority to rule over this earth. But by disobedience to God and obedience to the devil, man handed it over to the devil. If man had lived in obedience to God in this planet, this earth would have been like heaven. Right? Why is heaven heaven? Heaven is heaven because in heaven God's perfect will is accomplished. On earth, God's perfect will could have been accomplished if man obeyed God and did on earth what God wanted on earth. But as a result of man's disobedience to God and obedience to the devil, the proximity was, was lost. 
And what God handed over to man, God handed it over to the devil. That's why the Bible refers to the devil. Even Jesus says, the ruler of this age, the ruler of this world. Who made the devil the ruler of this world? God didn't. Adam gave it to the, to the devil. Can you imagine when Jesus came, Jesus is referred to as the last Adam. Can you understand my accent? Am I going too fast? Okay, now you're laughing like five seconds later. That means you'll catch up. So even when Jesus came, he was in the desert. The devil comes to Jesus and, and look at what the courage that he has. He says, if you worship me, I will give you victory. Hello, he is talking to the creator of the universe. <laughs> and saying, I will give you everything if you worship me. Yes, but the earth legally had been handed over to the devil. But Jesus did not budge. He resisted the devil with the word of God. He said, I don't want to get it from you this way. That's not my plan. I will get it from you. I'll get it back from you. I have a plan. And, and Jesus came to this world. He lived a life of total obedience to the Father. Where, Adam, where the first Adam failed, the final Adam became victorious. Where Adam was, was supposed to use the authority, but because of disobedience, he lost it. Jesus, because of obedience to the Father, he exercised authority over matter. He exercised authority over nature. He exercised authority over sickness, over death. Over the atmosphere, he brought the climate of heaven wherever he went. That was why God created man. And through his death, the ultimate obedience and his resurrection, now the channel is open for every person, every human being, every man, every woman, every child to come back to that place of proximity with God. Relationship with God, exactly like how it was in the Garden of Eden. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. The Bible says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Isn't it amazing? Because Jesus shed his blood on the cross. Because Jesus paid the price for your sin. Because Jesus took the punishment that should have come upon you and me. On himself because of his great love for us. Ephesians 2. The Bible says God who is rich in mercy because of his great love for us. He made us alive in Christ. He did that by taking your place and being punished. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 12. The Bible says, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Isn't that amazing? What was lost in the garden has been restored to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the price has been paid. Everything has been done for you to get connected and enter into a relationship with God. Now the Lord Jesus taught this to his disciples in a beautiful way. The Gospel of John, 
chapter 13, 14, 15, 16 is a very, they're very, very important chapters. Because after John chapter 12, the Lord Jesus, he did not talk to the general public. He only spoke to the disciples. From chapter 13 onwards, he only spoke to the disciples and then he prayed the high priestly prayer in John chapter 17 and then it goes on to the betrayal and the crucifixion, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So those are some last final words of the Jesus. And what is he telling them? Fundamentally in those chapters, he is teaching them about the Holy Spirit. Right? And, and John chapter 14, we'll just rush through because you know the Bible. I, I won't take too much time. John chapter 14, verse 15 to 18. The Lord Jesus is telling them, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate or counselor, paraclete, another helper to help you and be with you forever. Okay? The spirit of truth. Jesus is talking to, teaching them about the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now listen to this. But you know him. Okay, how do they know the Holy Spirit? But you know him for he lives with you. <clears throat> Who was with them at the time? Jesus. God with us. Jesus with them. Emmanuel. Jesus was with them. Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit is with you. How was the Holy Spirit with them at that time? The Holy Spirit was with them through Jesus. Right? Because when he said, another advocate, or another comforter, that word another, in the Greek language, there are two words for the word another. One is halos, and the other one is heteros. Okay, heteros can mean another, but of a different kind. I could take that chair and give you another chair. It could be white plastic chair. Okay? I've, I've, I've given you another chair, but it's not the same. But halos means another of the exactly same kind. That is the word the Lord Jesus used there. I will give you another advocate, another one exactly like me. Who is like me, who is no different, who's got the same compassion, same power, same love, same wisdom, everything exactly same as me. It's, and you know him because he is with you. Looking at me is like looking at, looking at the Holy Spirit. Listening to me is listening to the Holy Spirit. Being with me is like being with the Holy Spirit. So you know him because he is with you. In present tense, he is with you. And will be in you. Isn't that amazing? It's getting a step closer. Now Jesus was with them. But Jesus was limited to a human body. He could only be with them. Okay, if they went somewhere, he couldn't be with them. But he would be in them. When, you, when God is in us, he goes wherever we go. He is closer than your skin. He, is, he lives inside of you. You cannot live without him. And you are not meant to live without him. He goes, even if you try to walk away from him, he will not leave you. That is why in that passage, the Lord Jesus said, I will never leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Amen. I will come to you. That is the promise 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. So according to the promise, when Jesus, after he died and rose again, he told the disciples, Luke chapter 40, uh, 24 verse 49, Acts chapter 1 verse 4, you can go home and read it. The Lord Jesus is telling them, don't leave the city until you receive the Holy Spirit. Do not go anywhere. Why? Because Acts chapter 1 verse 8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witness. Connect that to John chapter 15 verse 5. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing without Jesus. And you are not meant to live without Jesus. And Jesus said, I will come to you. I will live inside of you. I will never leave you. I'll be with you always. And don't leave without me. Don't go out of the city without me. So after the ascension of the Lord Jesus, the disciples waited. On the 10th day, the Holy Spirit came. Filled them with the power. He began to live inside of them. And their lives completely got transformed. Now, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. God is as close to you as he can be. Because he's in you. The moment you put your, your faith in the finished work of Jesus, in him and through faith in him, we, we approach him. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, those who have been far away, we have been brought near. Right? We have been brought near. And by his spirit, he is living inside of you. The question is, how close are you to him? Relationally, I'm talking relationally. How close are you to him? You know, God is living inside of us, but still we can be far from him. That is not the, that is not the plan of God. God's intention is for intimacy with you. So what are the things that takes away the intimacy? One of the things that takes away the intimacy is a lack of, lack of a new covenant revelation or old covenant thinking. You could be a Christian, you could be a new covenant Christian, but an old covenant mindset person. Right? You are a New Testament child of God, but you are under grace, but you got a law mindset. <laughs> you are a relational Christian, but you've got a religious mindset. What's the difference? The religious mindset says you need to work your way into proximity with God. You need to work your way into relationship with God. You need to work your way into, into closeness, proximity with God. Because God can be close to you only on the basis of how good you are. How good your behavior is. How many chapters of the Bible that you're reading every day. How many hours you're play, praying every day. I really, I grew up in a Christian home. And I've got to tell you, I grew up with an old covenant mindset and I was so far from God. I went to church. My dad was a pastor, still is. I went to Sunday school. I went to youth. I went to church. But I was far from God because I did not have the confidence to draw near to him. Because I felt that God is not happy with me. Because I was carrying an old covenant mindset. My dear friends, today your relationship with God is not based on your performance. It is completely and solely and purely based on the finished work of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. He died for you. He paid the price. 
You know, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, the Bible says that let us therefore draw near to the throne of grace with confidence, yeah. with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Now, what is the time of need when you are desperate for mercy and grace? So when you're perfect? Lord, I have followed all your commands. I've done everything right. I need a little bit of mercy and grace. Is that what you do? No. You are desperate for mercy and grace when you messed up. Right? What does the Bible say? In your time of need, how to approach the throne of grace? Boldly. Even when you mess up. Even when you fail, even when you fall, you can go to his throne of grace with boldness despite your failures, despite your fall, despite your mistakes. You can approach him with confidence because your confidence with him is not based on your good work or your bad work. It is based on the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Amen. So you go with boldness, with confidence into his throne of grace and what do you get? You receive mercy and you receive grace. You receive strength. Friend, that is when, that is when, that is where the intimacy happened. When you are living with an awareness of the fact that God loves you, no matter what. Then you have the boldness and confidence to go into his presence and remain in that intimate relationship with him. And it is that intimacy with God that keeps you standing. That intimacy with God that prevents you from messing up. It is that intimacy with God that gives you the strength to live a victorious life. It is not your works. It is not your hard work. It's not your willpower. Believe me, willpower doesn't really work. I've tried it. It doesn't work. Now, that knowledge also also brings you to a place of total dependency on Him. Right? How do you get saved? You get saved by grace. Not because of your, of your good work. How do you continue your Christian life? By grace. Right? We are totally dependent upon His grace. A lot of times what happens, we get saved by grace and then fall back to works for our sustenance. That's when we fail. We get saved by grace and we continue our Christian life in grace. That is, that is where the intimacy, that is where the proximity is sustained. Because every single day, you go to you, wake up and you say, God, I need you. I cannot live without you. I live in Mumbai, in India. You probably figured out looking at me <laughs> or by trying to, trying to understand what I'm saying. So, it is the most unpredictable city. In India, right now, the church is going through so much of persecution. So much of our pastors, my friends, my colleagues, beaten up. Their churches destroyed. They are going through tremendous pressure. I cannot go to certain places. I cannot, it's not safe. We still sneak in, but it's, I cannot go publicly. You know, living in an environment like that, you depend on God. You cannot live without Him. Every single day. So many times, 
you know, we, we, we worry about or we, we mourn about our weaknesses, yeah. our failures, our inabilities. The Apostle Paul says in the book of 2 Corinthians, I will boast all the more about my weaknesses because when I am weak, I am strong because his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Friend, your weakness will lead you to proximity because your weakness is the gateway to dependence on the Holy Spirit. And it's a life of total dependency on the Holy Spirit who keep, which keeps you close to Jesus, which keeps you intimate with Jesus because you know that you cannot live without Him. Many times what happens, we complain about our sufferings, our persecution. But let me tell you, the persecuted church in India is growing. Even through persecution, through opposition, through threats, the church is growing. Why? Because persecution, opposition, suffering draws us closer to God. It brings us closer. It come, brings us to a place of total, complete dependency on the Holy Spirit who is living inside of us. We talk to Him all the time because without Him, we cannot. So suffering, persecution is good. The book of Revelation, chapter 1, the apostle John, we know what happened. He was in the Isle of Patmos. He was uh, isolated, but in the midst of that suffering, he had a revelation of Jesus. I don't know what you're going through right now. Maybe some of you are far from God. Some of you have walked away from God. But right now, I'm here all the way from India. This brown man with a funny accent <laughs> has come here to tell you, God created you for proximity. God created you for relationship. Not just a distant relationship. God created you for intimate relationship. The Lord Jesus Christ, he has done everything that needs to be done for you to enter into that relationship with him. This morning, I want to encourage you, begin to just come and put your faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Put your faith, believe with your heart that Jesus paid it all. Jesus did it all. The moment you believe in your heart that Jesus paid the price, you not only enter into his trust, you not only enter into a relationship with Jesus, every day, every moment, that faith that he has done it all sustains you in proximity, sustains you in that love relationship with Jesus. I want to pray for people. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you to also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed. hope you enjoyed that message i would love for you also to check out my brand new leadership podcast leadership with matt mcclory you can find it on itunes and spotify would love you to go and subscribe to that podcast and really get some more in-depth teaching on leadership i believe we're all called to lead in some area of life god has called all of us to do something with our lives and so therefore we can grow in the area of leadership would love for you to check it out god bless you